Hi and welcome to a new episode of Delsic Ops Talks. It's me, Matthias, and I'm here with Julian and Andre. Today's podcast will be about service mesh, what to think of when you get started with them. So I was thinking about implementing service mesh uh, to the cluster. Uh, I, have, uh, I have different services, and to the developers, I don't want them to have to work with TLS and username and password when they develop locally. And, and instead, I want to take that and apply it into the cluster and use uh, service mesh and mutual TLS to authenticate different services and also protect the traffic in the cluster. Uh, so I started looking at different uh, service meshes, but uh, I need what some is advice. service mesh to start with? Yeah, what is service mesh? Oh, what? Un- uninitiated. Yeah, what is a service mesh? For me, it's just like uh, sidecars, different uh, pods in the cluster that just hijacks all the traffic between different services and tunnel them through them, right? So I have a service over here and want to talk with a database. Uh, instead, right now, the traffic is just going on like IP level, but the service mesh instead implements and tell me if I'm wrong, like uh, IP tables rule to route all the traffic from the service into the service mesh pod. And then from that pod, you can apply uh, rules and, and uh, TLS and stuff. And then over to another service mesh pod that receives the traffic and then redirects it to the database. That's your definition for that. Is it yeah, correct? I mean, it's good. Well, except that it's not a service mesh pod. It's a it's a container inside the pod that yeah. route the traffic for all the for all the container inside that pod. But yeah. it, it was very well explained. I, yeah. I yeah, but that's a, that's like more like a how in the technical detail, right? But yeah. if you focus on a what and why, yeah. what you will do with the service mesh, you introduce. Um, Technically, you introduce a software-defined networking, yeah. where you apply identities to the workloads. So your workloads, they don't have identity, they have like IP addresses. But yeah. With this, you have identities that you can assert through MTLS. That's at least one of the benefits that typical service mesh will bring to you. Yeah. And then you have a control plane that allows you to establish a, a zero-trust network style, zero trust network style yeah. communication, where you have a control plane that would uh, route the traffic based on the rules you define. Yeah. If you say what I mean. So it, instead of instead of working on an IP permission level, like in the old days where you had firewalls and stuff, and we'll still have, but there you would define this IP allows to go there on that port. Yeah. Here you're changing a conversation to look more like this application is allowed to talk to that application, right? Yeah. And then those IPs they are becoming irrelevant. They might change and they're ephemeral in a in a Kubernetes and other container orchestrator environments. So you abstract away from IP addresses and you move over to the identities. In Kubernetes, you already had an identity for the workload 
it's a it's a service account, right? Yeah. So you you have a name of your deployment, you have a name of a bot, you have a service account. So you kind of have an identity, but you might have not such a good way of stretching that identity to the network level. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. mostly used for the permissions uh, on on a Kubernetes API, but not on a networking level. And service mesh is there at least in Kubernetes to close the gap. Yeah, so, so exactly. That's why I'm looking at it because I want to uh, like push over this authentication and access control to the cluster. So when you develop locally, you don't have to worry about it. But also, it's a big change. I mean, to the cluster that's running. I mean, you're hijacking all network traffic and start redirecting them. So, yeah, if, if you if you also listen to the salespeople. Yeah, but the typical salesperson saying like, "Yeah, you're getting MTLS." Yeah, check. yeah. Then uh, all the traffic interruptions, like retransmissions and stuff, developers don't need to care of that any longer. So developers yeah. can write uh, network and aware code as they did before. Yeah, uh, but service mesh will take care of retransmissions. It will take care of circuit breakers. At yeah. least some of them do. Uh, and you don't need to implement those concepts in the different languages, yeah, uh, yeah. libraries for different languages. So you're, you're taking away a lot of network level trivia out of developers. And yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. But then you also have a security aspect of that and the way to define the, what application could talk to which. So, and we are not Kubernetes podcast. If you talk, we are yeah. not only Kubernetes podcast, like for instance, if you're talking in a console terminology, they call it intentions. So this yeah. application has intention to talk to that application. Oh, I see. Actually, nice feature of the console that could it could suggest if you define the rules and someone of them are not being used, it will suggest that you should close those. Yeah. So that's kind of a nice thing. But so have you implemented a lot of different service meshes, right? What's the, do you have any tips and tricks how you should start, right? And what you should think when you start looking at the different, there's so many today, right? Yeah, we might be in a good position because we have exposure to the different technologies. I hear yeah. that Julian mostly works with Istio, it sounds like. Yeah, well, I on, I've only worked with Istio. I haven't really so. worked with anything else. Uh, but Istio is uh, a big beast, man. Huh? Yeah, it just it, takes it's over everything. It's more like a buffet. You you yeah. you have so many features that you have to be mindful of what you what you want to use. Um, I would say it takes a while to set up because it's not meant for your you know ten node cluster. It's more meant like hey, I have this huge cluster or clusters, and they need to communicate through each other. Or you want to add a VM workload to your cluster, like that's yeah. what I did at one previous job. I, I needed to interact with the VMs without, mm. you know, going through, well, by going through a VPC and everything. And Istio supports that. So I just add like a 20-line YAML and access was there. And of course, you can yeah. play also with authentication. But that's the problem with the, you know, service mesh. It's like suddenly you're taking control of the network, meaning you're responsible yeah. for the network. So it's a, yeah. it's a way to shoot yourself in the foot as well. Um, so you provide, if you want to provide a, higher level abstraction to developer, it, it, this 
abstraction layer has to be maintained and you know cared for. Yeah. And I would say that uh, upgrading Istio is not the most trivial thing sometimes. Uh, also, debugging experience, uh, you better get good at TCP dump and SSHing into the node and seeing understanding IP table rules. Uh, so I, I wouldn't recommend like as a first step. <laughs> if if uh, to be honest, this is more for you know enterprise that have uh, that, those enterprise that have a platform team. Yeah. So they, they, you, you have know, a team who can work on that. Exactly, yeah. like people exactly. whose full time job doing the stuff. Then yes, Istio is the one to go. But for me, it's just me. So I need something that's smaller. Of course, mutual TLS is the first step, but also, uh, as you said, like circuit breakers, all stuff that. So. Yeah, so, so so you need to look for the for the problem you're trying to solve, and yeah. that will tell you what criteria you have, because there might be nice features there, like yeah. header uh, header based routing or yeah. the traffic. So and then you can do some kind of canary stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if your team is like three developers and yeah. you have hard time getting stuff to production, forget about canaries. You just have, don't have time for that. No. And uh, then this feature becomes irrelevant to you. So and if you start with the simple things like you know MTLS, yeah. pretty much all the networks have all the service meshes they have something like that. Embed them, and then you might also choose based on your team size. So some of them requires you to install something in a Kubernetes cluster, but there are also managed solutions. So if you are on AWS, and hear me talking about AWS yeah. again, <laughs> I know you've been missing that all summer, but here I am. Uh, yeah, so you have AppMesh on AWS, which is a service mesh solution which is very basic. So it lacks a lot of advanced features, but if you need MTLS, it's there and like traffic rules and everything. So if if you are running on AWS, if you're using EKS, I would start from looking at, and you don't need to go outside of your cluster. I would look at AppMesh first because it's hosted solution. And it integrates with the rest of the Amazon Zoo. Oh. Or maybe if you just need MTLS and uh, just need authentication, and you are on uh, on Kubernetes, there is this project called Spiffy, uh, which is a stand like kind of a spec and the spear. I think it's I, th- I think I think it's on the spec yeah. and yeah. Uh, like a reference implementation, so it's not yeah. as uh, user friendly as. Other solutions. Yeah, and I, I don't have. Yeah, but it's more like the reference implementation, right? Yeah, but so then you use it for like open policy. Open ID connection. Yeah. Oh, something. I, I did see some many years ago at some conference, I did see some uh, professional talking about Spiffy. But I can't. Yeah, like sec- security is not trivial. I would say like no. uh, it's, it's really not user friendly at all. And the. At least my understanding of why it's not easy to implement is because it depends on how much trust do you want. How, how paranoid are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and there is various level yeah. uh, of that. But uh, yeah, let's take the first approach. Like 
would you be able to implement mutual TLS in the code? And in, in the code? Because it could be just a library. And yes. th that's not what yeah. I recommend. It's just the first idea. Like, yeah. how would you do that? And because the best way to understand the problem space of something is try to build it yourself. Yeah. It, you don't have to write code. You just have to map out, like, what component would you need and yeah. what are the problems area you might face. Yeah, but it's not on the library, right? Then you need to distribute certificates. Yeah, and you need to and test do, the and do, do it correctly. And, oh, yeah, so certificate authority is not trivial to manage and maintain, especially well, it's a big... Yeah, what I think now is, is super nice is tell the developers, like, you don't need anything. Just spin up uh, Elasticsearch locally and then just curl it. You don't need access to it, user account. I need, you know, need to send them around or certificates. So it's like you spin up one with a Docker and then start using it. And then we move into the cluster. The cluster takes care of that for us. Yeah, but when it comes to security, basically wanna wanna have it in layers, right? Yeah. If you if you remember the Shrek cartoon. You know, saying like I'm an ogre, like I'm like an onion. I have a lot of layers you need to peel off. It's the same with security. You only have a lot of those yeah. layers. And then, and then, like for instance, if you're running on uh, EKS with uh, with uh, Fargate based uh, pods, and they're using VPC networking, so your pods has. Elastic network interface connect to them. Then you could actually do layered security. So you could have security groups applied on a, on the pod level. Okay. Do, I, I believe you could do it quite easy on the Google Cloud, but now there are ways to do that on, a, on Amazon as well. Oh. And then that will be your first layer of defense. Well, your VPC yeah. is the first layer of defense. Yeah. You need to get in the VPC. Then the mm -hmm. second layer of defense is a security group. Yeah. So it's a firewall. If person breaches the firewall and he is able to intercept communication between multiple parties talking within that security group, then your MTLS comes into play, right? Yeah. So uh, that attacker will not be able to impersonate someone else and the sniffing on traffic becoming much harder. You will have to get into the port and listen on a local port yeah. I mean, on the local host to get unencrypted traffic before it actually hits the server, uh, the sidecar container of the network. And that's actually another thing that I I don't think it's uh, told enough about. So all those service meshes today, they are sidecars in yeah. uh, Kubernetes terms. So you're basically having additional container yeah. running next to your pod Datadog loves it because you build the per container, so you suddenly double your bill. Yeah. <laughs> at well, uh, that was at least a couple of years ago. Last time I looked at the um, Datadog um, pricing, maybe they changed. But anyhow, so first of all, you have additional consumption of the compute, and that's probably a trade-off you have to pay anyways. Since you are floating the TLS termination and stuff like yeah. that to the another compute entity in there. However, it feels like a clutch to me. I mean, we're just like adding stuff on the side and it's yeah. 
it should be more integrated into the stack in a in a network stack in there. Science now we're just like passing packets through additional hopes. I feel like it should be in the core of the thing we use rather than add on on top because it's yeah. such low level thinking. Yeah, the people with that do EBPF thing, Cilium, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, they're trying to do it on a kernel level, and I think that's the way to go. This is where it should be. It should be on the kernel level yeah. instead of uh, all those add-ons. But this is where but, we are today. But doesn't Cilium also add a sidecar that just interrupt? Can no? Maybe they can have one uh, per node that just intercept everything. Yeah. Yeah, my point here is not really, I'm not as concerned about the compute resources consumed, yeah. but more as of that being add on on a wrong level of abstraction. Yeah. You see what I mean? But in the current way of things, it's yeah. hard to add something lower. So. And what are we'll the, and it's also uh, as as I think that there are a lot of different service meshes, but it's not that many proxies that they use, right? Many service meshes then use Envoy, right? Or Linkerd start a proxy, and then Cedar has its third. Uh, so I mean, even if there are a lot of uh, different service meshes, in the end they are like an Envoy proxy running. Uh, Different configuration. I think, I think Nginx announced that they do their own. Of course, of course. <laughs> Service yeah. and you will have Nginx based on. But it they doesn't really, really matter in the end. Yeah. That's why the, the service mesh is complicated because it's really like a buffet. If you eat everything, you're going to get sick. And yeah. if you just want MTLS, first find a solution that is like proper to MTLS. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are a few uh, solutions. If you look at, uh, I think Small Step re- released a cert authority, and that basically uh, provide certificate based on the Kubernetes service account token, yeah. um, and you can easily get those certificate. You you need to know how to use that certificate, of course, in yeah. in the code, but it's like a much simpler way to get started. It might force you to run your own CA certificate yeah. authority. So that's also, but I'm pretty sure you can find like a, a services in your cloud provider if you use uh, the cloud. Actually, I think Let's Encrypt can do that for you. Probably, yeah. I would outsource doing crypto and everything anytime I have a chance. Yeah. Just, just you know, to avoid that situation where you have to write a letter, dear hacker, please give me back my yeah. 611 millions yeah. <laughs> that you stole from us. <laughs> Referring to the poly network hack. Another thing that, like, now we're talking about service mesh, but but do you see that? uh, Do you see a lot of service meshes when you're meeting new clients or see other other people's cluster? Is this is service mesh a a common thing that is deployed? So I I have to put a a little uh, note here because what when we call service mesh, I I think about the control plane that controls all the sidecar. That's to me, that's a service mesh. Yeah, but like I deploy Envoy most of the time without a control plane. I mean, we just yeah, statically yeah. configure it, yeah, uh, I, I and if a config change, we redeploy. Yeah. So mm. you can start with that, and when you need to have like this massive dynamic, you know, 
config shifting clusters, it might be worth it to invest a bit of time into setting up a proper service mesh with a control plane. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really depends how you, like where you are and where you want to go. I would say do things in steps there because uh, the, just deploying service mesh. Problem. Yeah, yeah, it, it it will bring like uh, there is a joke I heard um, about uh, regex, so regular expression. Yeah. It's like if you have a problem and you're solving with a regex, regex, uh-huh. now you have two problems. <laughs> yeah, and then they say, and if you use Perl, now you have three problems. Uh, yeah, you understand? It's like a, the the more thing you add, the more problem you have to to care yeah. about. Yeah, and at the end, at the beginning, you were not, you were just trying to solve one thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's good to not go too much into yak shaving. Yeah, yeah because very... look, just just want to build up on a, on a Julian thing that he's yeah. saying. So first formulate what you're trying to solve, right? Yeah. And then work from there because maybe service mesh mesh will not give you. I mean, maybe there are other ways of getting what you need. So imagine. The similar setups that you're running, some orchestrator on AWS is ACS or EKS, and you run it in the, with AWS VPC networking in a mode, so every workload gets its IP address. Then every workload yeah. can get a security group, yeah. and that security group technically represents an identity. Yeah. So then you can do the same thing with the security groups, and you technically don't need TLS. Well, MTLS for that. So you're using as abstraction for this. Yeah, but or, or and uh, that, that now you, now now your security guy would say, but how about encryption? Yeah. What do we do with encryption? And then you say, I'm run on the big nodes because that uh, the nodes that are based on the Nitro uh, hypervisor they provide you encryption between the nodes out of the box and. I would argue if you have someone sitting on the box already inside the box, yeah. enable tra- sniff traffic within the box, service measures are the least of your problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically, you're covered. So you have identities, you have encryption between the nodes because it will be between the nodes communication. In yeah. this case, science, it's an IP address you have. So it's a communication between network interfaces. And that one, between nodes is encrypted, within one node it's not, but it's possible to sniff and get the content of the traffic within the node. But yeah. if there's someone on the node, yeah. it's a much bigger problem you got there. So it's and just I, one of the small things that person can do. Yeah, And I would say, like, uh, well, at least with mutual TLS, the problem I ran into was not really technical. It's more like one team needs to call a service in another team, and the other team doesn't know how to implement MTLS. And then they, they just like, so they just allow all, which oh, makes yeah. MTLS completely useless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then you, you just like have a ticket that is hanging in the board for like months, like yeah. implement MTLS. Uh, and, you know, so you, you might have a bit of education to do first yeah. uh, about that and see the, the reaction and have a conversation with the developers and see, like, because maybe they have an idea. I think one thing that we haven't actually touched that uh, a benefit of the service manager that provides on top of the security, the transmission stuff, it's observability. Yeah. yeah. 
it gives you a good level of what's going on in your network and which yeah. nodes are overloaded and stuff. You could get it in other ways, yeah. for sure. But for, for instance, through tracing, yeah, tracing yeah, will tracing. give you the same picture. But uh, if you don't have the tracing, you could get the similar level of detail, maybe not exact, but very similar with a service mesh. And then you don't need to implement tracing, for instance. So again, on AWS, when you do up mesh, it integrates with X-Ray. So then just getting the tracing is one click. Yeah. Or couple of lines of Terraform. Yeah, but that's what like drives you again, service mesh. You get so much features mm-hmm. for so little effort, right? Uh, well, listen, what uh, Julian just told you about the amount of effort <laughs> you need. So it might, might sound like it's a very little effort, but, well, again, if you go with a, with a vendor-managed solution, yes. Like, if you, if you so, like, if you sold your soul to Amazon, then it's easy. So like yeah. you're just stuck with a stuck, uh, tech stack. Yeah. But if you are within Kubernetes, then you need to bring something in, yeah. configure that, manage it, make sure it actually works, and the control plane is behaving, and no one is trying to hack your control plane to allow the, 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 the access where they don't have to have it. Mm, I would argue that it might be not that easy as it might sound. Yeah, there is so many projects from the you know Cloud Native Foundation. Like I, I, I had a look at Dapper. Yeah, um, I think it's quite neat. It's kind of like, um, yeah, it's like a sidecar, a super-powered uh, sidecar on steroids. Uh, so you can do a lot with that. Uh, you can do like uh, pop sub. And those kind of things, those kind of more advanced feature uh, that it might be worth investigating because that yeah. reduces a lot of the code. And you have to think also at the deployment, like insta- installing a service mesh and then migrating all the things onto it might be a, a really painful process yeah. or stressful, I would say. And if you can roll out something gradually, it would yeah. be much more. Uh, it will take more time, but you might uh, yeah. Yeah, like stress less during the process and roll back, roll things back easy, easily. Yeah. So it really depends how, uh, like which cloud provider. If you can outsource that uh, and, and get started to see what you need, and then if you see the cost is too high, like yeah, implement, you, you know, roll back your own solution. Yeah. But uh, I, I would start with something simple, like what can you get fast right now. And that, like, that's why comp- security is so hard. It's like you you have to come up with so many cases. You have to think about your problem very clearly to define something, yeah. uh, a solution that is that fits your need. There is no one-size-fits-all. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, last advice is here then, guys, to me, looking at the yeah, service mesh. usual. Start from the problem and build from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a lot of things from service mesh, but uh, not not all of them needs to be implemented at once. Yeah. Yeah, like, do you need them? What what are you trying to achieve? Maybe the service mesh is not a solution at all, right? So maybe there are other means of getting the same feature with a much less effort. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think with that, we will end this talk about uh, service meshes. Thank you for listening. Uh Stay tuned.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias Andre and Julian. For more podcast and notes go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.